0: Easter everyone come on oh my goodness happy Easter everyone oh this is the day if you can't if your exciter is broke this is the day that it needs to be fixed because this is resurrection day and Jesus changes everything This morning, we wanna welcome you all for here, whether you're watching in a little while uh, uh, via social media, but we wanna thank you for being with us this morning. Thank you for inviting someone out today, and we're excited to have you, and man, were those cardboard testimonies powerful, right? I don't know if y'all can see them in the back, but I'm going to tell you something. It was powerful. And it's powerful just watching what God has done in the lives of some of these people. It's like I said, it's not just flashing something. It's a real life testimony of what God's doing. But Easter is a special season. I grew up in church. Anybody grew up in church? Anybody know the Easter story? Well, you know what? I I thought everyone knew the Easter story until we started a a thing called The Refuge about 11 years ago. And it was all for high school kids. And we were meeting on Sunday nights. And I'm I'm trying to get calmed down here a little bit. We were meeting on Sunday nights, and we almost canceled. I mean, literally, we came to the point where it's like, "Ah, nobody's going to show up on Easter Sunday night. But let me tell you why. uh, Let me tell you how good God is. We didn't cancel that night. And we had about eight kids show up. So that night, I, we just decided we were going to put chairs in a circle, and we put chairs in a circle, and they all sat down there, and all I did was just begin to tell them the story. Tell them the story about the cross. Tell them the story about, about what Jesus went through, and tell them about the tomb. And, and man, you could see the light bulb go off, in there, and they were like, oh my gosh. And I asked almost everybody in that circle, they had never heard that story before. It really, it was shocking to me. I was like, you've never heard? No, we thought Easter was about the Easter bunny. We thought Easter was about, you know, uh, about candy. And we all thought Easter was about honey-baked ham. Can I get an amen, somebody out there? (laughs) Honey-baked ham is from Jesus. But they had never thought about that. But I saw, we saw the light bulb go off in in their hearts and their minds as we told them that story. But you know what? Can you think of a day... The theme of our Easter is, uh, this changes everything. Can you think of a day, can you think of an event that had such an impact on your life that it changed everything? Could it have been a marriage? Could it have been a birth? Could it have been the death of someone that changed everything? I'm gonna tell you a little story, personal story. I had strayed away from God and was going my own way. That's so why I love the prodigal son so much because God's always standing there waiting with his arms open for you when you come back home. He just said, come, keep coming, come on back. But I had strayed away and I was living, the, not living for him. And, but sometimes God has to do something to get your attention. And you know what? I remember in a span of one hour, I pulled in the driveway. I was told, I was, I was told that I wanted a divorce for my first marriage. And within 30 minutes, I lost a job of being to, a 20-year job that I'd had all in the span of one hour. And I'm gonna tell you something. It all hurt. You know, it was, it was an event that was hard. It was a lot to take in. But it, what it did, it made me change my life. It made me set my life. It made me come back to God. Sometimes, again, God has to get your attention to get you to come back to the place where he needs you to be. It caused me to move to Louisville. It also caused me to meet my beautiful wife sitting on the front row. I'm not gonna make her stand up, but but if I hadn't, Been in some of those positions, I would have never moved out to where God wanted me to be and to start refuge and to start big church. But, you know, this morning, I want to bring to light the Easter message to you and how these five things I'm about to talk to you about changes everything. Number one, the cross changes everything. You know what? We don't talk about the cross much in church anymore except for around Easter or just every or special times and you know we see people wearing crosses around their neck and they get crosses on, uh, tattooed on them and it seems like it's more of a symbol than a statement of our faith. Let me tell you something the cross, let me read something to you. We must talk about the power of the cross. 1 Corinthians 1.18 said, For the message of the cross is foolishness. You might say the cross to someone like, what is he even talking about? It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Listen, we've gotta talk about the cross more. We gotta talk about the power of the cross. We gotta talk about the significance of the cross. It's not just a symbol. It's not just a cool thing you wear around your neck. It's the one and main thing that our Christian faith is founded upon. The power of the cross. But in ancient days, the cross symbolized humiliation. So many times, they not only did they crucify, but they stripped them naked so they could humiliate them. It was also a form of brutality. It was the worst possible death that you could do. And sometimes it took up to three days for someone to die on the cross. And it looked like defeat. You know, why was the cross uh, significant for Jesus? And why was the beating? And why was the nails? L- listen what Isaiah says here said he was pierced for our rebellion, ours. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. Blood needed to be shed. You may not understand the blood in the cross, but Hebrews 9.22 says this. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. Listen, and without the shedding of blood, there could be no forgiveness. One version says no cancellation for sin. There had to be a sacrifice. Sacrifices up to that point had been kind of, kind of, animal sacrifice that you did once a year and it atoned. It didn't quite meet God's standards, but it atoned for just a period of time. And, and it fell really short of what we really needed. We needed the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And what God did in John 3, 16, is he provided that perfect sacrifice. For God so loved the world, come on, anybody, everybody knows this one, that he gave his only begotten son, that his only one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have have everlasting life I said this a couple weeks ago there's a bunch of whosoever sitting in this house today right now he's not a he, he doesn't care where you've been he doesn't care the background that you're in he just cares about you you know what I, he reveals his character God is a holy God in mark 15 34 he says my God my God why have you forsaken me God could not look upon Jesus. You know why? Because all the sins of the world were rested upon him. He laid everything out on him. He piled all of their sins, all of the sins of the past, all of the sins of the present, all of the sins of the future. He laid them on Jesus, and God is a holy God. He couldn't look upon that. Can you imagine how Jesus felt when he looked up and his father was looking away? He might have felt rejected at that time, but he did it just for you. 1 John 2.2 says, He himself is the sacrifice that atones for all sins. And not only for the sins, but the sins of the world. He poured out his wrath because he needed a sacrifice that would last forever. Everything else kind of came up short, but he needed that one. And this sacrifice was for all of us. Jesus' death on the cross was brutal. Yet the cross, listen to me, is no longer a symbol of terror. It's a symbol of God's love. Because he poured out everything on Jesus for you. Because it's a symbol of you, we now have hope. Come on, if you're hopeless, you got hope. If you need forgiveness, he is a symbol of forgiveness. And also eternal life. Because what Jesus did on the cross changes everything. Number two, this is the one I think we really need to listen to. If If you tune me out the whole time, listen to this one. The power of forgiveness changes everything. Jesus was crucified and he had two thieves on either side of him. One of them was mocking him and saying, Hey, if you're Jesus, if you're the Messiah, why don't you get yourself off the cross and why don't you get us off the cross? But the other one was more humble. He said, Listen, we deserve everything that we got. The punishment we're getting right now, we deserve that. We're guilty But he is innocent. That man realized who was hanging next to him. And these words came out of him in Luke 23. He says, then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, This day you will be with me in paradise. He said, today you're gonna be with me in paradise. He didn't say next week or next year. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And here's what he did. He spared him the pain of hanging on that cross. Oh, y'all don't know. He could have hung there for three days. He said, this day. The other gentleman may have sat there for three days, but he spared him the humiliation. He spared him the pain and the agony. He said, this day you'll be with me. I got news for somebody in here today. It's not too late. Can I tell you this morning, it's not too late. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, maybe you've been far from God. Maybe you came in here this morning thinking, oh my gosh, the the roof is going to fall down on me today. That church will catch on fire as soon as I walk in. Come on, there's some people out there like that. But I'm going to tell you something. God sent his son just for you. If you don't remember anything else, I say he sent his son for you. He showed and he extended that forgiveness. He went to the cross for everything that you've done and everything that you will do. But you know what that means? It means we got to be able to forgive. Ooh, crickets. Forgiveness is hard, but it's vital for you to grow and you to go and you to be healed of everything god wants you to be forgiveness is very vital to your life here's the first one we got to forgive you want to know who you're the first person you got to forgive yourself hey you guys are good you got to forgive yourself and let me just tell you something that's the hardest one right there sometimes that's the one you know because we live with pain we live in the pain of the past and mistakes and we live and we rehearse Come on, how many hit rewind and on their failures? They hit fast forward and rewind and you're always looking at the same old stuff. You're watching the same old movie over and over and again and God says you gotta be able to move to forgive yourself and we hold on to things that God is saying, man, Would you just let that go? So many of us have unforgiveness in our life and we can't. It all starts with letting yourself move on. You can't, listen to me, you can't change the past but you can change the future. You can't change what used to be, but you can change what can be. And I'm telling you, today is a new day in somebody's life right now. You don't have to listen to that same old reel of the enemy who comes back and forth and shows you all of these things that you used to be because you need to look at him and say, that's not who I am now. This is hard. We also have to forgive others. That's a hard one too. But let me tell you why. If it's not dealt with, unforgiveness, can set up a root of bitterness. This has been going on a long time. It can set up a a root of jealousy. It can set up a root of resentment. And it can also set up a root of anger. You don't know what they did to me. Listen, I'm not diminishing what happened to you in your life, those are some things right now that you need healing from. But I'm gonna tell you something, the more unforgiveness 100% hurts you more than the other person you're not forgiving. When you try to hold on to that thing, I'm telling you what. Most of the people have done. moved on. They've moved on, but you're still moving in the same way. You're still not progressing the way God wants you to be. Unforgiveness means you just have to let it go and understand that you're not in a cage anymore. A lot of times they've already moved on. And working through the steps of your own heart to forgive is a very important thing that you've got to do. Here's a good one. You don't have to wait for someone to say, I'm sorry, to find peace in the situation. Because you know why? You may be waiting forever. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You wait for somebody to say they're sorry to you. I can tell you that my wife said that I have probably said I'm sorry about six times in 11 years. And is it six? I thought it was more like eight. But, you know. I'm a little bit hard-headed, and, you know. But so if you're waiting for someone to say they're sorry, what you're doing is, if, and if that doesn't happen, you're holding on to something that may never happen. You can forgive, oh, here's one. Thank you, honey, for this one. You can forgive people even if you never have another conversation with them. Even if you never speak to them again, you can forgive them. You know the conversation that you need to have? You need to have that conversation with Jesus. And say, Jesus, I, I, I can't get over what they did to me. I can't get over the past. I can't get over. But I know that you can take care of this. Will you release them to him and let him deal with their hearts? You can only control what you do. You can't control what everyone else, is, what everyone else does. And here's the thing. You may need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe you're sitting here today. You need to make a phone call. Maybe you're here today, you need to send a text message out to someone and say, you know, I'm sorry, forgive me for what I said or forgive me for what I did. Waiting for someone to accept may take some time and it may never happen, but you've got to do the work in your own heart and you've got to be ready to forgive them if it comes around or if it never comes around. The power of forgiveness changes everything. Number three, Jesus' death changes everything. John 19 says this, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Here Jesus dies, and there's sadness, and there's grief, and there's fear. The enemy always wants you to look at the worst. He wants you to look at the cross. He wants you to look at the darkness. He wants you to look at the chaos. He wants you to look at the negativity that's all over the world. There was separation from God from the garden. There was a veil in the temple, and let me tell you what, the veil was 60 feet high. It was 30 feet wide, and listen, it was four inches thick. And what that veil did, it separated. Only the priests could go into the Holy of Holies. We were not allowed to go in there, but only the priests could go. But let me tell you something what happened. When Jesus said, it is finished, he didn't say, I am finished, he said, it is finished. There's a difference there. Death, sickness, depression, suicide, the power of sin was crushed by those words. And it says the veil of the temple was torn in two. Can you imagine something? That's four, four inches thick. It was cut in two. Do you know why? So now you didn't have to have a priest to go in. You had access to God. Jesus Christ gave you access to God. The devil used to be able to bring accusations against us, but listen to me. Jesus did this. He stands in the courtroom, and the Bible says he is our mediator. He is our go-between, between the enemy and God, and he's our advocate. It means he pleads something on our behalf. The Bible says also that he sits on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. He's defending us to God, and everything the enemy tries to accuse you of, listen, you got to understand, when the enemy tries to accuse you, you got to remember Remember that Jesus stood up in the courtroom and said, they are covered. Come on. He stood up and he said, I did the work. It is finished. Devil, you have to go sit in the corner somewhere. His death changed everything. But listen to me. don't Let's not stop there. I'm kind of calming down a little bit. Let's not stop there. She, my wife sits up on the front row and she's like, calm down. Just chill. The rest of the story is resurrection and life. Number four, the empty tomb. You're about to get excited in here. If not, you better get excited. The empty tomb changes everything. A tomb is associated with death. And the word empty usually means vacant. It usually means depleted, containing nothing. So many people in the world we live in today are walking around or feeling empty. Why? Why? It's because we all have this God-sized hole in our soul that needs to be filled with nothing but God. And we wonder why relationships just don't do it for us. We wonder why we're always looking around for that right him or that right her. The job is not fulfilling us anymore. No matter how much money we have, we're still not happy and we want more. We have friends. We have popularity. But we still feel lonely. No matter how many good things happen to us, in our life, we still feel empty. But I got some good news for you this morning. An empty tomb changed everything. Because the tomb is empty this morning, we can be full of joy. It was empty, but we can be full of joy. We can be full of peace. We can be full of confidence. Jesus' re- resurrection represents re... Too many R's. Resurrection represents rebirth and eternal life. Taking the old things they took the old things on those cardboard things and they made, the, they made them new, bringing dead things back to life. By your spirit, I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name, I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. Listen to me. Frederick Bachner said, resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. I'm going to say that again. The resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. His last day on earth was your first day. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He says, I want to give you beauty for ashes, a joy for mourning, and praise for heaviness. The cross and the blood and the tomb, it looked like defeat, but it was victory. The end of that was also the beginning. I love this right here. Luke 24 6. I'm about done. The ham is still gonna be good, I promise you. Luke 24 6. He is not here, but he is risen. You could drop the mic right there. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee? I want you to know this morning, when you're facing fear, remember. When you're facing discouragement, remember. When you're facing doubt, remember. When you're facing anxiety, you have to remember. His promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Don't forget his promises. His promises are yes and amen. If he said it, he'll do it. If he started it, he'll finish it. Come on, so many people have stopped short. God's got more for you on the other side. Don't stop. Don't stop at the cross. There's resurrection on the other side. He is not here. He is risen. Listen, because he's not there, your depression's not there anymore. Your anxiety doesn't have to be there anymore. Your fear doesn't have to be there anymore. Your past does not have to be here anymore. He is not here He is risen. Those words changed everything. The enemy was posting on social media when he saw the cross. He had the laughing face. Come on, y'all, get in with me. He had the laughing face going all over the place. He had pictures of blood going all over the cross. He had all the photos. and, And just about that time, Jesus changed his status. Come on. He moved to a new job. He moved from dead to alive. He got a job promotion that said he was the savior of the word. Hearts started flying all over the screen. You know why? Because he was in a relationship with you. When he walked out of that tomb, everything changed. Number five, walking with Jesus changes everything. The Easter, the cross, forgiveness, An empty tomb changes everything. But life's still hard. We all agree with that? Even though we celebrate this Easter season, life's still hard. We still live in a real world. The reality of sitting in a hospital room with a loved one, it's still there. The reality of a son or a daughter that's running crazy right now and not coming home yet, it's still there. The reality of your current job situation is still there. And the reality of a strained relationship that just doesn't seem to be getting any better, is still there. Listen, can I tell you something? Easter does not make everything perfect. But no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstance, or no matter what situation you're going through, you gotta know that Jesus is walking with you. There's a story that two disciples were walking from Jeru- uh, to Emmaus from Jerusalem and, and, they, and all of a sudden Jesus appears and, and he starts walking with them and he's telling them the story. They're talking about the story of just what happened. And Jesus said, what, what's going on? He's like, are you the only one in town that doesn't know what happened? You know, Jesus was killed. And then you know what else happened? Now his body's missing. We don't even know where he's at. Jesus starts to quote them scriptures. He starts talking to them. And and these things are supposed to happen. He says in the scriptures, it says this will happen. He even sits down to supper with them and they still didn't recognize who he was. Can I tell you something this morning? He is walking with us. You may not recognize him all the time. You may not always see him all the time. You may stray from the path. Oh, can I get an amen on that one? You may stray from the path from time on, but he's still walking with you. Isaiah 53, 6 says this. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Anybody in here like that one? Yet the Lord laid all the sins upon him. You got to understand he is there even when you don't see him or recognize him. He will reveal himself to you just like he did with the disciples if you do this. The more you walk with him, the more you, more you move with God, the more he'll start revealing himself more and more to you. Can we tell you, can we? not just leave you all with something? Let's not just celebrate Easter one time a year. Easter should only be the beginning. If we only consider the work of Jesus one time a year, we are missing the whole point of what Christianity is all about. The cross, his death, the resurrection is supposed to be something that changes your life every single day, not just at Easter, not just at Christmas, or not just at other special event. It's what changes your life every single day. If y'all would stand with me, please. Life began at the cross. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Life began at his death, and life began at an empty tomb. Can I tell you this something this morning to encourage you, your new life can start today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, the good news is he went to the cross for you. If you'd been the only one, he would have done it just for you. He died for you. He took your sins upon himself. I'm gonna ask you if you would just to bow your heads and close your eyes. If you've never accepted Jesus, maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe somebody invited you and you thought, you know, it'd be a good time to go to church on Easter. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I just want to let you know that he died for you and he loves you. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to receive that gift of salvation through Jesus. By raising your hand, or listen, our prayer team is going to be up on the left and right. You can come up and you can pray with them and agree with them. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So number one, if you confess with your mouth You can say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. Number two, the Bible says, believe in your heart that he died for you. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God and I believe you died for my sins. Can you take control of my life and walk with me? Number three, let's raise your hand if you wanna make that commitment today. I see those hands. I see those hands. Listen. Listen. If you made that commitment, there's a connect card in the seat in front of you. We'd like you to fill that out and take it out to our next step bar. But more importantly, if you made that commitment, these altars are going to be open here in just a few minutes. If you've made that commitment, please do that. Maybe you're here today and you've been saved, but Easter's kind of turned into just another day. Maybe the significance of it is just kind of went by the same today. If you would like to recommit your life to Jesus, these altars are open. But let me tell you something. You may have to die to something in yourself. Maybe some things in your own life. But if you die to those things, there's a rebirth that God can give you. He says he's gonna take the old. He's gonna make it new. He's gonna get that thing which was dead in you. He wants to bring back to life. In just a few minutes, there's a pink piece of paper in your seat. We're going to ask you to do this. It says, this changes blank. We want you to fill that out. And as they sing this song, we're going to have the cross up here in just a moment. We want you to bring this up to the foot of the cross and lay it down. Maybe it's something that God has already changed and you want to give him praise for it. Maybe that's something that God is changing in your life right now and you are believing that it's going to happen sooner than later. And maybe, maybe, there is something that you want changed in your life and to know that today changes everything. So we're going to ask you as they get ready to sing, we're going to ask you to come and lay it at the foot of the cross. Father, we come to you. We thank you. Thank you for this time, Jesus. We thank you for your death, for your burial, but most of all, your resurrection, because you need new life. Father, we ask you today that if there's anyone in here today that needs to leave it at the foot of the cross, they fill this out and they bring it up here. If there's anyone that needs prayer for agreement, we have the prayer team up here. God, let them come. And God, if even someone just wants to come and kneel at this altar and give their heart over to you, God, we just we open up, Holy Spirit, you have your way in this place today. Because we give you the glory, because you're the one that changes everything. So as they sing, bring your papers to the cross.